Welcome to the Doing Cool Things podcast, a career podcast brought to you by the Knowlton Center for Career Exploration. I'm your host, David Snyder. Thank you for joining today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Doing Cool Things podcast. Uh, I'm your host, David Snyder, and I'm joined uh, by two recent Denison alumni today here to talk about their roles at GuidePoint. Um, if you're a student listening, be sure to check out some opportunities that we have with GuidePoint coming up in October. Uh, there'll be more about that in your career community newsletters and elsewhere, uh, but really excited today to talk with Riley Bell Bruno and Liza Farnham. Uh, Riley, Liza, thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, it's great to have you on. So, Want to start just can you give a quick introduction with uh when you graduated from denison maybe what you were involved with uh and the fun question uh what did you want to be when you grew up i can go first um i'm liza farnham i graduated from denison in may of 2021 um, I was a global commerce major and I played lacrosse at Denison as well. Um, when I was younger, I really wanted to be a marine biologist. And I actually came into Denison wanting to be a, a bio major and super quickly pivoted um, once I started taking some science classes and um, wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do after that. So, um, yeah. That's cool. That's some, sometimes those science classes really, they get you early. Was yeah. there a particular class or was it just like early? Like, no, not, not really for me. I just kind of like, even just saw the schedule of what lab classes <laughs> looked like yeah. and didn't really realize that's what I would be getting myself into. So quickly pivoted. I understand that. So Riley uh, would love yeah. if you could introduce yourself here too. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm Riley. I graduated last May, 2022, and I was a communication major. And I was also involved in the Nolton Center. I was a senior peer advisor. And then um, I was also a tour guide and in Greek life at my time at Denison. And when I was growing up, I changed my mind a hundred different times. But the thing that stands out the most was definitely my phase of wanting to be a singer. Um, I don't have any talent there. So I did not come into Denison looking to do that. I knew I wanted calm right away. <laughs> that's, that's great. So hey, we all have aspirations, but yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so, so you're both at GuidePoint. Um, can you tell our listeners just a little bit about what GuidePoint is? What do they do as a company? Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite kind of lines about GuidePoint when explaining it is that we're basically like a big matchmaking service. And so we have a whole um, expert network, which basically consists of a ton of different professionals in a variety of different industries. And GuidePoint matches different companies, corporations, whatever it may be, to these experts for primary research uh, projects. My coworkers, coworkers and I actually kind of joke about it a lot because whenever people ask you what GuidePoint is, it's not like a super common industry that people know about. So it's kind of funny, like when I'm at a family party, like, and having to explain what GuidePoint is over and over again, but like, like briefly, I always describe it as a research consulting firm too. So um, our clients are institutional investors, kind of like Riley said, um, who are doing research in different 
um, markets and in different industries. And we source different consultants for them to speak to, um, to help aid their research and help them learn about whatever it is that they're looking into. Um, but you know, it's, we do a lot of different things, um, like in the services we provide, but, um, overarchingly I'd say it's to help, um, investors research, um, various topics that they need to learn more about. That's great. So, so can you tell me a little bit more about your role there and, and what is it you do on a day-to-day -day basis? So I um, am a corporate BDA, which basically my job is in sales and I'm working with Fortune 500 companies to sell our expert network services to. And on a day-to-day -day basis, my job is um, I'm usually assigned or find an account, and then I prospect that account using different online sources. And um, then I, my job is to do outreach, perform outreach on those different prospects and try and book a meeting for my VPs. Riley, is that, a, is that a career path that you envisioned for yourself at any point in time, or did you fall into it? How did, how did that kind of evolve? I definitely fell into it. My dad was always in sales. And so I, I heard a lot about it. I knew what it was kind of what it entailed. Um, but I never really thought of pursuing it, I guess, myself until I had a very interesting job my sophomore year, the summer going into my sophomore year. I worked um, at Cutco, which is, if anyone's familiar, um, a nice company, but um, I was a salesperson there. And that was my first kind of taste of sales. And I really loved it. So I think sales just kind of came to be because of my interest in communication. And then also just, I am a very outgoing, personal person. And so it's it's a fun job for me every day. That's great. Liza, what is it that you do at GuidePoint? Uh, and how, how does maybe that differ than what Riley's role is? Yeah, so I'm on the client service side of things at GuidePoint. I am on um, our institutional side. So all of my team's clients are sell side institutional investors. Um, so I am a research manager, which means I have my own um, list of clients who come to me with different requests, um, needing research or needing to speak with a specific effort or expert, sorry. Um, so it can be on really like any topic um, you can imagine. I do focus, or some of my clients are focused on healthcare. So I source a lot of doctors um, and like researchers, clinical trial um, experts, stuff like that. Um, but also have clients that are looking into different software companies or um, like industrial um, topics. It can really be anything. Um, so I either set up a call, like a one-on-one -on -one phone consultation between an expert and like a small group of analysts. Um, or we also put on teleconferences or investor calls. So um, that can be between an expert and our clients on the line. And then like, it can be any number of um, other investors listening in to also learn from this expert. So um, those are a little bit more like high pressure calls, I'd say, um, kind of more formal. There's more compliance um, stuff that goes into that. And um, those are something that like only a few teams at GuidePoint kind of focus on. Um, so that's something really cool that I've enjoyed kind of getting to learn more about um, and how like the sell side clients do their research and kind of look at different industries has been really cool. 
That's great. So similar question to, to Riley. Is this a career path that you envisioned for yourself? Uh, did you wake up one morning and say, aha, I want to be a research manager? Or <laughs> is it just kind of a combination of skills that got you there? Um, yeah, definitely not. I'd say um, I was really interested in um, when I was starting to look for jobs, I was interested in learning and putting myself in a position where I could learn a lot about different industries. Um, and I never really had that one like dream job that I was striving for. I really had no idea. I knew kind of where I wanted to be like location wise, um, and the kind of work I wanted to be doing. Like I wanted to be kind of in a younger company, um, with like a team oriented kind of culture. So, um, that's kind of how I ended up at Guidepoint and in my current role, that's just kind of the trajectory that I was placed on. Um, so I was an associate before this, um, which is a more, um, it's kind of like you're working alongside research managers and project managers, um, to kind of learn how client facing roles, um work and then like helping bring people into the network and recruiting um and scheduling and doing other tasks like that so um that's how I I got to be a research manager that's cool I, I think it's a, an interesting point you make as far as like wanting to type of culture that you were looking for wanting to be at a young company is that is that something that was important to you as well Riley um and I guess for both of you uh, how did how did you take time to figure out what you wanted to prioritize as far as evaluating um that type of work style? I think that through internship experiences, I learned what I wanted out of a company um, just from trial and error. And I also think COVID had a huge impact on what my desire was in terms of finding a company. And so GuidePoint definitely drew me in because of the community as well. It's very young, I would say, like majority of I mean, actually my entire whole team is under the age of 30 um, and some of my bosses are as well. And I think that that just is, is really awesome to be around. And, and there's a great community that's built, that's built um, in the office there. And so we're, we're in the headquarters office and I absolutely love that space. It's an industrial kind of building open floor plan. And so everyone's kind of communicating and interacting with each other, um, which is another factor that I really love. I feel like I'm kind of going back to college classes when I'm in that environment a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I really appreciated that. And then also I just wanted to harp on what Eliza, what Eliza said earlier, which is that um, another draw to guide point as well for me was definitely the fact that you have your job is to learn about all these different industries. So I'm now a lot more well-versed in the healthcare industry yeah. as well as tech and you know finance. And it's, it's very helpful to have this position so that we can also kind of um, learn about what we might want to do beyond this. I'm a little bit sad that uh, as a 33 year old that I no longer qualify as, as young, but no. it's okay. It's all right. No, it's, <laughs> Not what I meant. Uh, no, it's, it's been said. It's been said. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so the, the, the love, just the answer as far as like all the things that went in that evaluation process, I, I, you know, especially being able to trial and error things through an internship. Um, I'm going to soapbox here for a second, so I, I apologize about that. But that's why we always say do it, do internships, get these professional experiences, even if you don't like something. Wonderful, like you, you gain something from it. I guess it's the benefit of hindsight and um, that those things really come together. So, uh, what would be um, you know, as far as your, your time at Denison, what were some of the biggest influences um, on your professional career and how have those things kind of 
how have you taken those lessons forward? How have you taken the things that you learned in class, uh, outside of the classroom, et cetera? How have those impacted your career so far? I'd say, correct me if like this doesn't really answer the question, but I'd say at Denison, like I learned a lot of really good communication skills. I think yeah. like the school itself is really like prides itself on like forming meaningful relationships. I think President Weinberg says that like all the time. Yep. Um, and that's something that like has really helped me in the professional world um, because I am on like the client service side and like do have relationships with all these clients. Um, it is really important to like be able to communicate effectively. Um, and I kind of talked about this in the blog post, but the people I am talking to on a daily basis are all really like high level um, finance professionals basically who have been in the industry for a really long time. Like they really know their stuff. Um, and here I am like a 23 year old who graduated college last year, like who's helping, like doing a lot for them. Um, and like, stuff that really impacts their like investment decisions. Um, so like making sure where I'm being a very like reliable communicator um, and like being a resource for them that like they know they like trust is um, something that's really important. So like at Denison, I think I learned a lot of really good like writing skills, communication skills, like speaking with professors and like creating like meaningful relationships outside of just like you're teaching me information in the class. Um, and you were and, a student and, athlete too, weren't you? Like, like you played women's lacrosse, so yes. quite successfully. Um, <laughs> how, to, how has that also been like something that really helped impact your career growth? Yeah, I definitely say so. Um, especially because Guide Point is super team based. Like we work alongside like other group members all the time. We work together on projects. Um, I, I talk about this when I interview candidates sometime for a guide point, but um, like we're looking for people who are like overall going to be like a good team player um, who are like reliable, who, you know, like raise their hand when they're able to help um, and who are like willing to like put their best foot forward every day and like give, you know, a good effort into like making like these projects happen that like are like really important to some like huge institutions. Um, so yeah, I think like being on a team at Denison taught me a lot about like what it means to be a good team player and like be reliable and being able to communicate with people like in all situations. Um, that was definitely helpful. And then also like on the time management side, I'd say that was huge as well. And like all Denison students can speak to this. I think a lot of people are really involved in different like organizations and um, whatever it is across campus. So like balancing a whole like course load and then also like having time to like be social and to do these extracurricular activities and like to sleep, like it's a lot to have to balance. Um, and it's the same the other thing. Day, they, they said that they described themselves as chronically over-involved uh, as almost it was a, as a right. diagnosis. Right? Yeah. So I was like, that's a, yeah, yeah, it checks out. Which is like good and bad, right? right. Yeah. Um, but that's the same thing, like in the professional world, like managing all these projects that we have at once um, and then being able to like maintain these relationships and, um, you know, close things out in a timely manner and everything. So I felt like very prepared, honestly, after leaving Denison um, to go into the professional world. And I think there is a big learning curve wherever you go. Um, but 
you know, I, I definitely felt like I was up to speed, um, to like dive right into things after graduating. Yeah. That's so much of what's in the classroom and outside of the classroom really, really translates exceptionally well, as far as communication, teamwork, organization, professional development, technical fluency, it, it all, I mean, it all comes together in one way or another. Uh, Riley, you were a, a, a peer, um, career coach for us. So you had a lot of great career advice to give anyway. Um, but, you know, how have you seen that transition from the um, college student to professional? Um, I guess, how have you seen that play out for yourself? And was it what you expected? Is it different than what you've expected? Have you taken a lot of things from Denison? Uh, just curious about that. Yeah, I think Liza gave a great answer and a lot of that overlaps for me, mm -hmm. but I mm -hmm. will say one of the things that I definitely took away from Denison that's very important to me is the relationships I built with my professors. I've never really had that type of relationship in school before where I felt like someone had a vested interest in my success. Um, and I think that I also kind of really pushed myself into that position of making myself um, go out there and meet these professors and have one-on-one -on -one conversations and I found that to be incredibly meaningful relationships I built on campus. And I think that completely translates into my job now um, on a day-to-day -day basis. I have to put my face out there and try and sell our services. And so communication is a huge part of my job and not just on the sales side, but also internally communicating with my team uh, members and then my bosses as well. And um, yeah, I just feel like the relationships that you build at Denison kind of teach you how to build relationships beyond college as well, which is incredibly important. And my number one thing um, when getting jobs or looking for jobs in any way, I think networking is the most important thing. Um, so having those communication skills is definitely really beneficial. Yeah. Uh, do you find that you're like, you know, because of the importance that Denison puts on like mentorship and those relationships do you find yourself seeking professional mentors in that same way is that something that's come about yet um, just curious there totally yes I last summer when I, I interned for guide for guide point I um one of my co-workers at the time is now elevated to a higher position and I was pretty close to him last summer and so I've been kind of shadowing him a little bit one-on-one -on -one, just kind of trying to figure out what steps he took to excel in his career path and we've gotten really close professionally and that's been really nice for me because he'll help me out whenever he can and just like teach me some tricks that he knows that um, can help my process as well. So I think, yeah, I've definitely tried to create a mimic that professional, the professor student relationship in the workplace. Um, and I've done that through mentorship. Yes. Why well, is that something that, that you found you've been doing uh, early in your career? Definitely. Um, I've always been someone that like really likes and like values having people to look up to. Um, so especially at guide point, as I mentioned, like there's always a big learning curve. Um, whenever you're jumping in, I had, I never really had a formal internship because of COVID. I, I did, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted when I was younger. And then COVID kind of wrecked the whole internship thing, um, in the summer of 2020. Um, so I never got that like true professional experience going into my job. So I like was kind of unfamiliar with everything mm -hmm. from like even having a corporate email address and like commuting with people in like a corporate yeah. setting to like using a CRM platform or anything like that. So like I was really going in kind of blind. Um, so I like very quickly kind of um, tried to um, form like meaningful relationships with 
people on my team that like, you know, would I know would help like me kind of get up to speed quickly because I wanted to like be able to help as soon as I could. Um, so yeah. And like, even now too, like we have new people joining, um, like, or we have had new people joining in the past few months. And like, I think it's super valuable also to like, try to fill that mentorship position, like for those younger people, because, you know, that's something that like helped me so much. And because we are like super team-based, like I mentioned, like, it's so helpful to, you know, when everyone's up to like speed and like ready to go, like, it's just better for everyone. Um, so yeah, I've always like really appreciated having mentors and stuff and still like, really look up to people, you know, in higher positions and, um, like always pick their brain about like new stuff all the time. So, yeah. send it's invaluable just to have somebody that you can bounce ideas off of or show you the ropes or, you know, whatever, you know, insert cliche, you know, <laughs> saying here as far as that's concerned, but it, it's hard to quantify even how important those type of relationships can be. Um, and, you know, I, I like to think places like tennis and give people a leg up in that regard. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Even just in the sense of, I want to also say that there's a lot of uh, Dennis and alumni at GuidePoint and none of them were specifically on my team, mm -hmm. but going into just the company itself, I talked to two of the girls that graduated when I was a sophomore in depth about what to wear, like what to expect in the commute, like what time I should get there, just all like the little details. And that was super helpful just to get a sense of what I was walking into and have support there on the floor. I could see them and say, hey, during the day, get lunch and stuff. So yeah, that was nice too. I'm glad you brought that up because that was something I wanted to ask about as far as like, there's a pretty, pretty strong contingent of uh, uh, Denison alumni there at GuidePoint. Uh, do you get to see them a lot? Is that something that there's a lot of overlap? Maybe not so much. Just curious how, it, how it's been to see so many, um, so many fellow alumni there. We see them every day we go into every the day. office. Basically. <laughs> I saw Liza last week. We we didn't overlap this week, unfortunately. But yeah, when, when you're in the office, you can just stand up from your desk, look around, and there's a ton of Denison kids. It's I honestly it's love it. I think that, and it's not necessarily like all the people that I might have spent time with or been best friends with on campus. And so it's kind of nice just to have someone who you knew and you can build a close relationship now in the workplace. I, mean, I think that speaks well to a culture as far as like, you mentioned that maybe not people that you would have um, seen a lot otherwise on campus, different majors, different activities, different clubs, different sports, whatever that might be. It's it's really kind of unique to see how all of those um, different experiences can come together at a place like that and do so successfully. Um, speaks well, I think, to GuidePoint and, and, and also Denison, because, you know, that's what we're here to plug. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, knowing you may not be able to go into hugely specific details, so as best as you can here, what's a current challenge that you're facing in your role um, or maybe a project that you're working on? And, and how are you tackling that? How are you going about overcoming um, that challenge? Um, to start off, September and October are definitely our busiest months. Um, I don't even really know why, but I think like most people are lighter in the summer, like people yeah. take vacation, especially August, you know, um, a lot of people like take time off. Um, and it's just a slower time of year. And then also around the holidays, I think definitely slows down for us. Cause same thing people, um, are like not really working as much as they would be. Um, so 
we are like really, really ramping up right now. Um, and I started my role as a research manager in the beginning of the summer. So I kind of like came in at a right time where I could learn kind of my new role and get used to it at a time when it was slower. And now this is like the first few weeks that like it's really ramping up and like it feels like I'm kind of starting over and like learning everything all over again. Um, so that's like been definitely a challenge that I'm dealing with right now. Um, like even just receiving new accounts and we also do trial runs with some clients. So, um, I'm working on a few of those right now that are definitely just a little bit more stressful because you want to do as best as you can, um, and show them that like how, how valuable our service really is. Um, so that's something that I've been trying to reach out to higher ups to help me with when I need it. Um, cause sometimes I think I feel bad asking for help because we're all obviously very busy. Um, but we are, as I've mentioned before, like super team oriented and it's really great that like people are so willing to help, um, because they know that you do the same thing for them. Like when you're struggling with a project, cause people see like requests in like so many different ways, you know, like. I think a lot of us don't have background in these super like niche industries. Um, but like just, we all have different like perspectives and like backgrounds and how we learn. So, um, you know, like if I'm really busy one day and like, maybe my brain's just like, I can't figure out like really how to like set up this one project that's gonna like yield the best results for experts, um, for the client sending it to a coworker and then like they'd send me theirs and we just like swap and like try to like attack the project from a different kind of perspective. Um, so yeah, that's not really, that's not a challenge right now, but that's just something I've been doing to like cope with the challenge of like really ramping up on all these projects and like accounts and stuff right now. Riley, anything that's, you know, maybe been a, a challenge recently um, and, and how are you, how are you taking that on? Yeah, I definitely think that for me, Going back to last year with my internship, my biggest challenge was, again, there's a, there's a learning curve because I didn't take any business classes or anything like that. So going into this role, initially, there was a lot of terminology that I was just very confused about and a little bit like, am I supposed to know this? I'm embarrassed to ask. Um, but once that kind of settled this year going in, it's been a lot easier because I do kind of remember all the terminology from last summer and worked in this role before. So I had a little bit of experience. But I will say um, one thing that is difficult and I think will be a challenge in this role is just kind of managing um, all of my accounts. So I, I receive accounts from several different VPs and they're constantly kind of is progress that can be made on these accounts. And um, so, yeah, just kind of time management and figuring out when to do whose accounts and who to prioritize. And I've learned a lot of um, kind of how to do that from talking to the people and my on my team at my level. Like Liza said, I think that being on a team and having it be set up in different team orgs in the company makes it so much more of like a supportive community because I can message my two coworkers at any time of the day and be like, hey, I'm so sorry, but what is this? How do I say this? And whatever it may be. And again, like Liza said, everyone is just really supportive to help. Yeah, it's just a sign of a healthy workplace when you can do that. Um, and, uh, you know, just, you know, on the other end, too, it shows your own initiative to say, hey, I need to figure this out so I can do my job better. How do I grow? So uh, all, good all the way around there. Uh, so what is what is something um, 
maybe a myth about your particular role, uh, your industry, your job function? What's a myth that's out there that you would like to dispel? Mm. That's a great question. <laughs> I think like just what the company is <laughs> yeah. people are just very it is a, a completely new industry and it combines like every single industry out there when yeah. eliza said when she says like niche we, i mean very niche in terms of <laughs> it can go like from healthcare to like oh my gosh the different it's just there's a lot that of work that we do across different industries and i think that it's sometimes confusing for people um, to understand the model of it. And mostly we get confused for consulting companies, which you can compare us to, but I think that um, we're a little bit different in the ways that, that we kind of uh, provide our services. And so, yeah, I think that's like, I don't know what the myth would be there, but just confusion yeah. overall. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just, yeah, trying to cut through what, what it is versus what it isn't. That's a... Yeah. Yeah. Especially what Riley said about like us being a consulting firm, like our client, half of our clients are consulting firms, which can uh, be confusing. So we have like an institutional investor side and then also a consulting side, um, like even consulting companies that are working on these like large projects for their clients need to know about like these niche um, industries. And we like provide that knowledge for them really quickly. So instead of having to like hire different people that know about all these different things, like they can come to us and speak with however many people their like contract allows basically um and learn about like a ton of different things from people that aren't necessarily consultants but they're like industry professionals who have been working in that space for however many years um and know it in and out so like it's a really cool service to be provided it's funny that like a lot of people don't know about it and then when you when you tell them they're like oh like that's really cool like that definitely makes sense and it's like I just I think it it's a growing industry so um like I think it within the next few years I think a lot more people are going to know about it and how valuable it is yeah I mean and correct me if I'm wrong in my understanding right but like as the world becomes more and more connected it almost becomes more and more confusing to make those connections and to have people that can say I'm going to cut through to what you actually need um, seems extremely valuable, um, at least from an outsider's opinion here. So, uh, so getting away from maybe maybe the the, the job uh, and then to some other questions here, what you know from Denison to adulthood, what's the biggest transition? I would say for do you me feel right like now, an adult because I don't yet. So <laughs> if you do, like let definitely me know. Not, this is right no. <laughs> Definitely don't feel like an adult, but I would say, honestly, and this has nothing to do with my job, but it's been a little bit tough just not living with all your friends anymore and being on the same campus and can easily just walk to anyone's room and, and find people along your walk from school, like back to your room. It's just, there was always something going on and you could always hang out with someone and, and talk to someone. And I think that, um, having that sense of community in one spot where you, live out your days all together is really awesome and um definitely something that I miss and um I think that there is obviously a sense of community outside of college as well and you can find that in different places but initially after graduating it feels a little weird not having that there so yeah 
yeah, you can go knock on dorm rooms and make friends and like, it's expected, but you go knock on other apartments, like you're going to get shots <laughs> called on you. So it's yeah. like, weird, yeah. So. Especially in New York, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, what are you doing? Not I would definitely agree with what Riley was saying. And also, I don't, I don't know who told me this, but someone did like talking about how hard it is to keep in touch with some people. And um, it, it is true because like, I know a lot of my friends from Denison are doing completely different things in completely different cities, like across the country. So it's not like we're all in the same place and can easily like see each other on the weekend or something like that. Um, and even like friends from home that I've known forever who do live in like New York and we, it's just crazy, like how busy your schedule can be. And like you work during the week and then like on the weekends, it's great to go have fun and stuff, but you're also like exhausted, you know? <laughs> um, so it's definitely just an adjustment of a lifestyle, but it is really fun. And I always tell people that like, I love Sundays now, like Sundays at Denison for me, we're like, mm. At the home sleeping in but then like having to go to the library and like do work and then like you know just getting ready for the week and now like Sundays are like your day you have the whole day to do nothing or like you know whatever it is you want to do um so that's like my favorite part about like post-grad life <laughs> I love that <laughs> <laughs> it's a great yeah it's a great uh the the time you have is your own and you can fill yeah. it in much different ways that's cool uh any any good books or any good podcasts that that you two have been checking out recently I love the Colleen Hoover books I'm really into those I feel like those are really popular right now <laughs> and I've never I honestly am not a huge reader I never like found it to be relaxing in in school like at Denison because I was reading so much for all my classes and stuff so when I did like want the chance to relax I I didn't want to pick up a book um so that's like something I've been trying to get into more now and because now it's like the opposite now I'm looking at a screen all day so when I do want time to just like relax and unwind trying to go to a book instead of turning on the tv or something like that I can definitely um, support that communication forced me to read a lot during college. And so I definitely am not an avid reader, but I do love podcasts um, and I'm kind of weird, but I love Dateline and I don't like to watch the show. I think that I can't watch the show, but I love listening love to it. Um, and it actually goes back all the way to my junior year with my one of my best friends from Denison. She got me hooked on it on a car ride to Denison. So I have forever continued to listen to those episodes weekly and I love Dateline. <laughs> or anything murder mystery. Right. Too. Oh yeah, can't can never go wrong there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's great. So uh, if if you had the chance, let's say money's no option, you got the chance to go out and start your own business tomorrow, what would it be? I've always thought it would be cool to own a restaurant. I don't really know why, but I just like, like the idea, like, you know, when you walk in a restaurant and the owner is like sitting there and like knows everyone and like everyone that works there just seems like they're having a good time. Like, it's just a cool, like little community. I I think that would be fun, but I've never like really thought about it. Thinking like small cafe type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Like a, like a town pub or something like that. Like the pub, (laughs) like the pub in Granville. (laughs) Um, I would say, I don't know, this is tough. I'd probably say like, I would want to be a dog breeder and just kind of have a ton of different breeds of dogs and just somehow 
make a life on a farm with dogs. I don't know. Like <laughs> I haven't thought about it beyond this point in my career much. So I think definitely yeah, my passion is for dogs. So probably that. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I, I tend to fall more like with what you're looking for, Liza. I, like I, I would like be happy to just be the person at the coffee shop or like the I don't the guy that like sends people to see off at the golf course, just like hang around, drink coffee, talk to people. That's yeah. Yeah, that's the <laughs> so uh and, and we have a cat at home, Riley. So it's like I, I like dogs, <laughs> but I mean I guess I guess you you're on the cat person podcast here. So <laughs> so uh if you had to switch jobs with somebody at guide point for a day, who would it be? Riley. Right. <laughs> I, yeah, I would say probably yeah. Liza. Uh-huh. Um like, or I don't really know. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't really know, know actually what no. the sales team does. So I would want to be Albert. <laughs> because, like he's our CEO. So that's my other than Liza, I'd want to be Albert. Yeah. <laughs> that would definitely be cool. That's great. So um and just some final thoughts here, you know, as we head towards the end of our time. You know, it, What's a piece of advice maybe that somebody gave you that stuck with you? Um, or on the other side, what's a piece of advice you would like to give somebody about to go through the career search? I would say um, my perspective on the career search was so focused initially on like, I want to find a company that uh, I want to work for. And like, I really need to present myself a certain way to them. And I think along the way during the process, I realized that the more like pressure I put on myself and the more stress I put on myself to be this perfect candidate, the less I was myself and the more inauthentic I came across. And I actually had a meaningful conversation with a mentor that I found through the Knowlton Center. Um, And he, I was applying for an internship with his company and I didn't get it. And I reached out to him afterwards just to kind of inquire why that might've been um, and what I could do to improve myself. And he said, you sounded robotic in your interview. Um, It sounded like you had rehearsed your answers like 10 times. And I was like, I did, I did do that. Um, So moving forward, I, funny enough, I prepared less. Um, I don't recommend (laughs) that, but I was definitely an over-preparer. Um, so I kind of just went in more naturally and my mindset was more, do I like this company? Do I want to work there? Are these people I want to be with and would they want to be with me? And do they uh, appreciate mm-hmm. me and my answers um, and my authenticity? I think that's kind of a, a shift that helped me in my process. That's such a good answer. Um, that point about, and and maybe, yeah, prepare less is what some folks do need to do right like you want to practice you want to feel confident in your stories but not so well rehearsed that it comes across like they they said in that way um going in and being authentic benefits you benefits the company benefits everybody so that that's awesome great advice Liza, a piece of wisdom a piece of advice that you might give or maybe something that somebody gave you that's that's really stuck out yeah well, first, I just want to say, like, I love what Riley just said. I think that's so important, especially because when you get to a company, you're not going to be fooling anyone. Like when you're <laughs> working with people every day, you know, like you want to be able to like be yourself and like not be like stressed about like who you're like, who you're showing up as every day. So I think that's like super valuable and just like finding a company where like you feel comfortable and like you really get a feel for the people and like can see yourself working with them. Because I think like 
the people you're surrounding yourself with every day, like you really want to enjoy being around them because like you do spend a lot of time together, even if it's not like an in-person job, like communicating with people all the time, like you want there to be like some camaraderie and like, yes, like you obviously are doing a lot of work together, but also like making friends with those people as well. Like that just makes it so much more enjoyable, I think. Um, and then for advice, I would say, um, just talking to as many people as you can to learn about their stories. It doesn't even have to be someone from a company you want to work for, or like even in an industry that you're interested in. I remember the summer of 2020, the Knowlton center did something. I think it was like an essentials of business course. And they like set up all these networking sessions that like, you would literally just put your name in for like these 15 minute calls, which is 15 minutes is not a lot of time. Um, and I really did push myself to talk to like as many people as I could. Like I wasn't super comfortable, like getting on the phone with someone I've never met before and like asking them all these questions, but it did like prove to be so helpful. Um, and like, like I said, it doesn't even have to be in the industry or like the space that you want to go into, but just learning about people's stories and like how they got to where they did, even from like, what were you doing your senior year of college to like prepare for like the job search or, you know, whatever stage you're at. Um, is so helpful just because like you, you hear all these things and you're like, okay, like I like that idea or like, maybe that's something I don't want to do. Um, and it just like, it gives you so much more information and like ability to like kind of create like what it is you really want to do instead of just kind of like going on LinkedIn and applying to all these like jobs and hoping you land one kind of thing. Yeah. Great, great answer. Um, and, and thanks for the Knowlton Center Essentials Business shout out too. <laughs> really, really pretty checks in the mail. So um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and when you need to think about how that relates to what you do now, as far as like going out and having to figure out different niche career or different niche industries, like that is talking to people that maybe you wouldn't have talked to otherwise. And that's such a direct, direct correlation. That's cool. That, very cool. So thank you so much uh, for those answers, uh, Liza and Riley. This has been awesome. I've really appreciated your time and the advice and everything that you've been uh, given uh, to, to us uh, today. So um, would it be okay if anyone interested in GuidePoint here at Denison reached out to you on LinkedIn? Um, cool. Yes, we love Absolutely. that. Yes. <laughs> GuidePoint loves Denison. That's very clear from how many people work there. So please reach out. Right. And and I'll say Dennison loves guide points. So it's uh, it all, yeah. <laughs> all full circle. Well, thank you so both so much. Uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, really glad to have you on today uh, and wish you both the best of luck in the future. Thank you so much.